this is Lori Koppelman. Thank you for joining us for the Clutter Chronicles podcast, one woman's journey through stuff. This is a serial podcast about a recovering hoarder named Mary, who lets me ask her anything I want about her struggle. She is honest and brave every single conversation. Mary is sharing her story in the hope that it will help others, so please help us get the word out. As we all know, nothing beats a personal recommendation. You can also support our efforts by becoming a patron of the show on a website called patreon.com. Once there, search for Clutter Chronicles and you can see the levels of support you can choose from. As always, I am so grateful to our patrons. Last time we talked, I asked Mary what she thought about getting a dumpster to help speed her progress. In today's conversation, Mary's progress takes a turn for the very good when she goes to a healing retreat and magic ensues, but not before she freezes her tail off. Hi, Mary. Hello. We got her mouth full. We're just having a dark chocolate break. So, um, good to have you still with me here in the studio, getting caught up. And during our little break, um, I said, I'm just going to ask you, just go, because mm-hmm. you've got so much to tell me, and I might be slowing things down. Mm, so You're not. You're um, not slowing, slowing down. So we've, we've been, been, been getting caught up after months apart, and we've been talking about um, the steps that you've been taking. We had some listener questions last episode. Where do you want to go next with, with what's been going on with you? Well, I have to set the stage. Okay. <laughs> So, the stage is, this is this is a nutshell of my life, that whenever I feel like I'm going to make some progress, something has to happen. It is has just been the pattern. I think I talked about when I had a garage sale all set up, and then my mom died, mm-hmm. and then the garage sale stayed like that for a year before I had it, just, you know, in a capsule waiting, and... Um, so it's kind of like I feel like whenever I'm making progress, all hell has to break loose. Like an equal, whatever, let's say whatever percentage of progress I've made, that much more has to happen. Mm. And so um, I I had at one point claimed the kitchen as my office. And um, then, you know, I don't know how to explain this, but as I shed these layers of nonsense, clarity comes to me. And then I'll be like, what are you doing? The kitchen looks like hell. This isn't really working, you know. And so what I have noticed is that my nonsense is sped up. So the, from the time of my thought, my need for something, my doing it, and then my dismantling it has sped up. It used to take months or years. Now it's taking days or hours. It's really shortened up. Mm-hmm. And I... I can see through my ridiculousness. <laughs> good. A good example of ridiculousness would be you have something really important to do and instead you go paint a room. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that would be a natural that we've all kind of done. Mm-hmm. But with me as a hoarder with a limited amount of space and I'm dying to get my office downstairs, yet I'm not moving stuff Fast enough, I had 
told this woman I really want to bring her a whole bunch of stuff. Let's do mid-February. I wanted to get prepared for that. And um, in in order for me to actually get this appointment and get it done, I have to have the appointment on the calendar so that I know when I can start bringing the clothes up and apologizing for the mess with the idea that it's all going to exit. Mm-hmm. So I can't disturb anything downstairs until I know we're going to have this appointment. Well, we had snowstorms and freezing days, and so Thursday she probably wasn't even open. And we had said mid-February, and um, nothing was coming. And to a point where she seemed like she wasn't interested because she doesn't have any money. And I'm like, let me tell you, that should not be an obstacle. I will give you. I'm. This is through messenger. I, mm-hmm. I will give you this stuff. This is great stuff. You've got to have it. Didn't seem like it was going to happen. Mm. And it's about a week before we go on our trip. And I have this impending doom of the trip because I think the house is going to flood. I think we're going to crash in the airplane. You know, I mean, I have every kind of thought you can think of. And there's nothing like deadlines like that to make me act. Mm -hmm. So I am removing stuff from the house at greater speed than I usually do. I'm still taking pictures. I'm still making lists. But I'm excited because Easter's coming, and boy, do I have a lot of bunnies. So I'm bringing Easter to my friend's store, and she is just elated. I'm giving her my mom's crafts, little things that she had never even finished. And and not only that, but I'm excited because I was keeping these plastic bins that you put, like your shoebox, like shoebox bins, like you put your shoes in, thinking I would use them, and it hit me one day. I don't even need those. If I get rid of this crap... I don't need the bins to hold the crap. So I organized it all. This is just me in my nonsense. I made it all pretty, and I put the beads in one bin and the whatever. I think I gave them like 20 of these things. Hmm. Bring them in. She decorates the store with them. She's like, bring me more bunnies, and I'm all excited about it. And in the midst of this, our furnace starts to have a noise, and hubby wants to have them come check the furnace. And he says, I don't care what the house looks like. Just get the furnace guy here. The house is a disaster. I mean, a disaster upon a disaster because I am frantically trying to get this stuff out of my own hands. Mm -hmm. So I make the appointment. I suck it up. By the time it's close to the appointment, I have cleaned the house. It looks kind of like a normal house. And they cancel Mm. We make a new appointment. I bring stuff out. I work on getting rid of stuff. And we we prepare for the next appointment. I clean it all up. And they cancel. Oh, my. <laughs> There's snowstorms. Just oh. constant snowstorms. Mm. And they have to go take care of the real problems. Right. We're just a tune-up, they think. Mm. But we actually did have a problem with our furnace. So by the third time... Um, I started seeing the humor in this because whenever he canceled, I would start with a clean house. And I actually felt more motivated. Mm -hmm. And I could focus on what is it that I'm trying to remove from the house. And so I brought a whole bunch of stuff to the Langdon. And they were like, what? (laughs) 
you're getting rid of all this. Oh my gosh, you know, bring more. And I'm all excited. And I'm going down in the living room, which is the room you've been referring to. Mm-hmm. And I'm handpicking things. Anything that I could easily let go of. I'm just shopping, saying bunny, bunny, bunnies. Because, of course, my favorite things in the world were bunnies at one time. Okay, I still love them, but I'm able to part with them more now. So this is coming to be about two weeks before we're going to go on vacation. And so everything's ramping up. And I had hemmed and hawed about going on this retreat because I am making all this progress and I never registered and I didn't know when we were actually going on this trip and what it could have possibly been at the same time. And so I didn't register till like maybe the day before. Hmm. And I go on this retreat. And um, the church that it's held at is freezing. Like, I can't explain how cold it was, but it was really, really mm-hmm. cold. And I don't do well when I'm cold. And And so I have my winter jacket on. My nose is frozen. I have my gloves on. I'm trying to take notes, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, why am I here? But there was something about it where it was like he has so much to say that I I want to hear what he's saying. This guy's really good. And what was the topic of the retreat? Was it for hoarders? No, it was for healing. Okay, um, in general healing. Yes, healing the whole person is what it was called. Okay. And, of course, I'm all after that. And so um, he he's like a, a branch off of a group that's called... Um, the John Paul II Healing Center is called Be Healed. There's a book. Of course, I was given the book to read by my priest, but I, I haven't read it because I've been too busy mm-hmm. putting out fires and getting rid of stuff. So apparently all you need to do is hint that I'm going to get better, and then it gives me enough motivation <laughs> because I've just been like running, running, running to get rid of as much as I possibly can in light of my own bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. So, and I can't remember if I had explained this, but I was supposed to be cognizant of my bottlenecks so that I could maybe, um, maybe by looking at them straight on, I could, I could, they would just dis- disappear. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, it kind of worked. I'm also, prepared, I'm also ready for that, I should say. So I go to this retreat. I'm freezing They get to the end and they say, anyone who wants to be healed or wants to be prayed over, come in the back. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, that's why I'm here. I'm going. So I'm trying to uh, be nice. I don't want to, you know, trip over people in the line. But I want to be one of the first ones because I'm really tired. I'm really cold and I want to get out of there because I'm freezing. So I hurry up and get, I'm one of maybe the first five. And I'm standing against the wall, and I'm like, oh, there's a radiator. It'll keep me warm. And I go to touch the radiator, and it's freezing. It's not even on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no wonder we're freezing because it's freezing in here. It's not just me, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I'm sitting there thinking about what I'm going to say, what I'm going to do. And uh, it's time for me to go up. So I go up, and there's um, two people there. There's an assistant and the guy who... Um, uh, what, what would you say? You, you, you can call him the healer, but it's not him doing the healing. He's just there. So I say to them, 
I'm here because my priest told me to find a healing retreat and go to it. And so I'm, that's why I'm here. And the other reason is because I've been praying for detachment. And I need detachment because I am a recovering hoarder. And he says, wow, well, you know, we're going to talk about hoarding tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we are? He says, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what kind of insights you have. I can't wait to hear it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. What are the chances, you mm-hmm. know? I want to hear about that. So he says, we're just going to pray over you. And so they put their hands on either shoulder, and they start praying. And I don't know, honestly, to be honest, I cannot remember anything I've shared on these recordings. But in the past, when I've worked with my therapist, she will have me think of an event that made me feel, let's say what what we're working on is shame. You know, think of an event as a child and when did you feel shame and what was the story and how did it feel and then you just kind of describe it and then she'll say, okay, sit there for a minute and now let God in. And some people can picture God. I don't picture God, but I do feel like a yellow light Mm -hmm. with my eyes closed. And so that's my experience, and it's happened multiple times, so I know what it is. So I'm standing there, and they have their hands on my shoulders, and I have my, you know, I'm just standing there, and they said, um, okay, we're going to pray over you. So he starts to pray, and he says, wow. He stops. He says, wow, you're really warm. Like, there's heat coming from you. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm freezing. He says, well, it's not from you. Mm. He says, I think the Lord is here. I think that's the Holy Spirit, and I think he wants you you to be healed right now. And I'm like, okay. And so I close my eyes and they say whatever they say. I don't listen. I don't have no idea what they said. They do some prayer over me. And while I have my eyes closed, I see a white light. Hmm. And I I could describe it as um in the mornings, if you've ever seen the sun come through the clouds in rays, mm-hmm. that's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. And I just remember standing there and smiling. Mm-hmm. And I was just ear to ear smiling. And he gets done and he says, wow, that was really strange. And I said, what? He says, well, usually when I'm working with someone, the heat is coming from me to them. But with you... The heat was coming from you to me. Hmm. I've never experienced that hmm. before. And then he said, you're anointed. Hmm. And I go, okay. <laughs> I don't ask what that means. I, I still don't know what that means. And I go, okay, thank you. And I leave. And I go uh, sit for a minute. And then I go home. At this point, um, my phone's malfunctioning, so I can't call anybody or anything. And this is what I said. And, you know, I know some listeners don't believe in God or whatever, but this is this is my experience. I'm in the car, and I said, okay, Lord, I so want to be healed. And please don't let me screw this up. Because I don't want to be in the way of this healing. Mm. I need this, and I want to claim it. So please, please let this be real. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, I get home and talk to hubby, and that's the end, right? So the next day I'm going to get up early and uh, go back in. And I'm sitting in the kitchen, I'm eating breakfast, and I <laughs> I remember I turned around, and so the nonsense of Mary is if you put something really pretty on the... Um, the I can't think of what you call it, um, uh, center island, you might not put your crap on there. Mm-hmm. And so I have these like glass things that you normally would put your um, candles in or something, and they're really pretty, but I've put like tiny little pebbles, and then I keep rocks and things that I found from the earth with the idea that if I ever have to throw it out, it's not going to hurt the earth. It's just earth stuff. And I've always loved these and cherished these, and I'm looking at them as I'm eating my cereal, and I go, well, I could get rid of that. Oh, I don't need that anymore. And I'm looking at all these things that have been my prized possessions. I'm like, I don't need that anymore. I could clean that up and give that to the Langdon. And I'm pointing at it, and I don't think much of it. And I go to the retreat, and I come out, and um, Hubby says to me, um, one of the things you always said you needed when we go on these trips are um, swimsuit cover-ups. Can you go shop for a swimsuit cover-up? So I go shopping, and I find some, and I'm like, I wonder if I'm healed. You know, I'm just kind of wondering. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to analyze it, and um, I feel a little different, but I don't know what anything means. And I go home, and it's, you know, Monday, and now we're going to be leaving Friday, and I'm kind of starting to panic because I don't know what I'm going to wear on this trip. I had already decided I'm going to wear dresses and cover-ups because they're a lot more forgiving than shorts. <laughs> and I'm also not going to bring my, my blow dryer because I'm tired of fighting with the curls, so I'll just let it be air-dried. So I've already decided, I've already chosen... Um, to not fight this trip. Mm. I'd already even got my toenails done. So I'm I'm this is totally unlike me to be this prepared. And um I I'm gone all day Tuesday. I should say I I know I'm going to be gone all day Tuesday. So Monday is my only day that I can actually pack for the trip. And I go downstairs to um find you know, anything that could remotely work on the beach. And I'm trying to picture what I want to look like on the beach. And I start going through my stuff, and this anxiety just overwhelms me because I want to toss everything. Hmm. I want it all gone, and I want it gone now. And I can't because I have to go on this trip. And this is the theme. Whenever I have the motivation, I can't do stuff. And I'm afraid that this motivation is going to go. And I'm like trying to bottle it. (laughs) And I'm saying to myself, don't worry, it will be here when you get back. You have one week to get prepared for this trip. You cannot be gutting out your house of your crap. Um, Right now, just focus on anything that would work on your trip and it'll be okay. So I grab skirts and dresses and anything that's flowy and stuff and I bring it upstairs and I start trying it on and thinking this looks terrible on me look terrible on me when it's thin looks terrible on me now why do I have it toss so does this 
toss. And I start making piles to give to my friend's store. And I think, oh, I wish I could bring stuff to this vintage lady because I have a ton for her, but we never got those appointments set. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday comes along and I'm gone all day. And I find out that there's supposed to be a snowstorm on Wednesday. And I find out also that she's messaged me from the vintage store and she wants to see me either Wednesday or Thursday. And I'm like, uh, I, I, I was kind of upset because I'm like, this is the last week I've been trying to get together with this lady. But I couldn't say no because I so wanted this stuff to go. And I randomly just said, how about Thursday morning? This is the day before we're going on our trip. Mm-hmm. And it works out that Wednesday, even though I was packed all day, everything got canceled because of the snowstorm. Mm-hmm. So I got to stay home. Mm-hmm. And go through this stuff. And I continued on. This is going to Langdon, and the store is called Groovies. This is going to go to Groovies, which is a great name. Mm-hmm. And I was on such a roll that I went downstairs to find some more stuff to go to Groovies, and I found linens. And I'm like, these are the linens that are left over that I wouldn't sell. They're going to Langdon. I grouped a whole bunch of stuff, got it all ready got up the next morning, loaded my car, met her. She bought it all, a car load. She's like, I feel like I'm stealing because, you know, you don't want anything. Can I at least give you gas money? I'm like, sure. I leave there. I go back home. I load up again. I bring a car load to the Langdon. I come home. I load up again. I bring a car load to Anoka. I get mm. my hair done. Because I had to change my appointment to that was the only day I could do it. And then I go to the Anoka guy, give him two or three boxes. Then I go to the Goodwill, I give them, I think it was, I think it was about four boxes, but one enormous one. And then I go to USA again, which takes the textiles, and I dump that, and I go home. Wow. I am healed. I didn't write any of that down. Mm. I didn't take pictures. I went and found things that I couldn't wait to get rid of. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. Not only that, I was packed two days before the trip. My husband didn't know who the heck I was. And he didn't want to say anything because he didn't know what's going on. And on the trip, I really think I was healed from my detachment or my attachment and my anxiety because my anxiety is out the window. Mm. It's incredible. Wow. I, this is what I've been dying to tell you, oh. but I wanted you to understand what I was still going through up until the mid February. Right. Right. Oh, cool. Isn't that amazing? Yes. <laughs> oh. Carload upon carload without caring. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like what they're talking about. Could you get a dumpster and dump mm. it? And you can. Mm-hmm. With your 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 method of mm-hmm. a dumpster. Yes. Which is delivery. <laughs> hand delivered. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Gently dumped. Mary's hand delivered dumpster. <laughs> of wonderful things. Right. That people can use and want. Right. Wow. I want to put her on the map. While I was bringing the clothing to Groovies, 
it hit me that I am helping her. Mm. And this is such a, she's helping me. I told her, I go, I am so grateful to have met you because you have my same taste. You're interested in the same things. And I have more. I have plenty for you. And she's like, I would have had to go shopping. I'm like, do not go shopping. Mm-hmm. I will provide you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to scare her either. <laughs> so I'm trying to give it to her in increments. Mm-hmm. But it's everything. Wow, yeah. what a match made in in heaven. That's great. That's just great. Yeah. So. So that was mid-February, mm-hmm. and you delivered all that before your trip, and did you enjoy your trip? We did, um, and I did. There were a couple times where um, there's these... Okay, so the guy's name is Ken. I don't know how to say his last name, but he said that when he was healed from things, you still have habits that are left over that you have to undo. So the the... The main motivator that caused you to do those habits is gone, but then you have to rethink things, and that was what that week was kind of. It was kind of a, a what was neat about it. It was it was it took me out of the norm, mm-hmm. and it forced me to just be. Mm-hmm. And it was it was pretty amazing because um, I mean, we were driving, we were at St. Thomas, we were driving in these tiny little roads, and they drive on the left side. I mean, we should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great driver, but who who's to know what anyone else is going to do? And we would be in these curves and stuff, and I just, I just, I had to let it all go. Mm. So, and and I had to, I mean, when we were leaving was when it snowed, um another pile right before we left and then snowed while we were gone so i was just thinking of all this snow that could melt overnight if if it if the weather changed and i just had to let it all go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did you ever find out what anointed meant did you know i ask? haven't and it's interesting because i told my priest about it and he said that's really good that you didn't ask mm. because then you're going to put um your own thoughts into it, and mm. you'll be surprised when you find out what mm. it is. Hmm. Mm. So. So you were able to tell him what an mm-hmm. impact that yes that had yeah on you yes mm. it was it, it's amazing. So. Yeah, your smile is very bright <laughs> and big, and I can see the joy on your face. Yeah. It, it's a it's an interesting story to tell because. Um, my husband doesn't know the story, but I did tell him that I got healed. Hmm. And there's more to it. So we get back on a Friday. And the following Monday, I'm going to go to my workout class. And I get a text from a friend who says, um, call me right, you know, at this number right away. I haven't heard from this friend in a long time and she certainly doesn't text me at 7.30 in the morning so I'm like what is it and so I uh, call and find out that my best friend from college died over the weekend Mm. unexpectedly a heart attack Mm. 
Oh my gosh. A young person. Yeah, 51 years old. And um, this was her sister, and her sister was just bawling on the phone. And to be honest, um, I think I'm still in shock over it. I mean, I, I have not had a chance to truly feel it. I went to her funeral a week later, and I felt so relieved to be crying. But look at me. I'm, I'm still in shock. And I honestly think it's because I'm still in this honeymoon of healing. Mm. And it's either I'm afraid to feel it, or I'm being uh, spared of it for now. I don't mm. know. I don't know what it is. But she, too, understood attachment to things. And, in fact, I had just given away a bunch of stuff that she had had right before we went on this trip. And who knows what if I would have been able to part with it now. I don't mm. know. But this is my second childhood friend who understood attachment to things. And I honestly feel like she's up there helping me. Wow. Hmm. What was her name? Connie. Connie. Mm-hmm. So Connie and Lisa. Mm-hmm. Two friends. And why did we lose touch with each other? From me, I know it's both ways, but I'm on my side of it years of battling this. Mm. Years of, um, in my first way of battling the hoarding was to just sleep all the time, my depression. Because the depression goes in with it, right? So um, I just think of, you know, we lost touch. Well, why did we lose touch? Well, we didn't see each other. Well, what was I doing? I was playing with my crap. So this is a hard lesson, number two, and I'm talking to you calmly about it. So I'm bracing myself for the... um, the realization mm. at some point, but mm. it's just not right now. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you feel like she's being a, a guiding mm-hmm. spirit mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. and that feels comforting. They're both women that I felt like when we talked, we just picked up wherever we left off. Mm-hmm. And Lisa, I would say, was more of a tragic story just because of the things that she went through in her life. And because of our tragic childhood stories. And she stirred up stuff because she made me realize that I I did feel those things. It wasn't just in my head. Like she was a reminder that it that I did have a hard time at times in my childhood. And Connie was someone I met kind of like right when I was choosing to make some changes in my life. So it was more of a um, uplifting relationship, more fun and goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I didn't have fun with Lisa, but it was more baggage because we both kind of clung to each other as kids mm-hmm. going through whatever we were going through. And so what's really interesting is I've analyzed it a lot and the anxiety that I naturally feel, let's say I wasn't healed. That would be played into this, this grief of Connie. So it makes me think how much of my anxiety was part of my grieving of Lisa. And since my anxiety has been lifted, I'm, I'm grieving differently. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm a different person now. Mm -hmm. And this is what you do when you aren't plagued by darkness. So it's, it's like I'm in a, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like my grieving's different. Doesn't mean that I won't grieve. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a combination of um, timing and it makes me question how much of my grief over Lisa was about my own anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I kind of you are grieving it, right? And it just it, it's just looks different. different. I got kind of I I don't know how to explain this, but I, I don't, when I feel like I've touched on something really deep, I kind of get these little shiver trembles, and mm-hmm. that's what I got right now. Mm-hmm. I get the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been quite the ride (laughs) yeah yeah you always cover a lot of territory Mm -hmm. in a few months time Mm -hmm. and i'm i'm really really thrilled at the healing Mm -hmm. does the wound as you've been describing it a lot Mm -hmm. what does it look like now i feel like we're finally to the wound and we've taken the thorn out Mm. that darn thorn Mm. and I cannot believe it. Like, a good example is um, I went to the Langdon after... Okay, first of all, we're we're out of town, and my friend who owns a store was sending me pictures saying, look at how you blessed our store, and look at all the Easter, and, and people love it, and the stuff's flying out of there. Those used to be trigger words for me. Those used to make me go, I want all my stuff back. Mm. And I came in... And she says, do you realize this tablecloth set is April Cornell? I'm like, yep. And I was like, there's no trigger. Mm. And it's just been interesting to test out my new skin kind of thing. Mm. And um, it's it's been quite a, a crazy ride. <laughs> and you asked me something and I forgot what you just what asked me. What does the wound look like? Oh, so... I would say this wound is beyond um, beyond the chance of oozing. It is healed. Thorn out. Thorn out. Scabbed over. Scar? It's, right. Is there a scar? There's a scar. Mm-hmm. But it's finally cleaned out. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can only say that it was a very, very deep wound that I don't even understand. Mm-hmm. But the absence of it makes me realize it was there. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So you're walking around in new skin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, a friend um, called me shortly after that day, and she goes, you've got, you've got sunshine in your voice. Oh, <laughs> I love it. And it's exactly, which is exactly how I feel. Oh, oh that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Do we have more to talk about? We do. We have one more. We do. Okay. <laughs> Yay! Because I'm, I'm, I'm dreading. What am I? When are we done? Has been this right question of mine. Will I know when we're done? Right. Will we say okay, goodbye, everybody, thanks? Right. Or will months go by and we say, oh, there's nothing there's, more to say? Right. Um, and so 
I feel like we're getting close. But yeah. all right, so good. Yeah, this isn't great. it. We have more to talk about. Oh, wow. Sunshine in your voice. That is the coolest. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And that ends today's chronicle. Walking around in new skin. That could also be the name of this episode. Isn't that so true? We have to undo things and then practice being our new selves, with our new habits, or without the old ones. I know I can relate, and I'm guessing some of you can too. And living without anxiety, not plagued by darkness, as Mary said, makes such a difference. Maybe healing retreats aren't for everyone, but this sure was an impactful event for Mary. Thanks so much to my brother Michael Koppelman for sharing his gorgeous music. And thanks to you, our listeners who are cheering Mary on. We love hearing from you, whether on Facebook or by writing a review of our show. Stay tuned to find out what happens next on Clutter Chronicles. Chronicles.